Welcome to Mastering Midlife with Heidi. I'm Heidi, certified hypnotist and mindset coach, and in this podcast, I'm breaking down my secret code for midlife success. Are you trying to overcome people-pleasing behaviors, navigating divorce, living in debilitating self-doubt, or something else keeping you stuck? You're in the right place. I know that you're ready to get to the next level of your life feeling happy and fulfilled, so let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to Episode 5 of Mastering Midlife with Heidi. I have to say, I love sharing my thoughts, experiences, wisdom, and pieces of life with you in this format, through this podcast. It's so fun for me to come on here and create a new episode, and I love hearing your comments and feedback. As I say at the end of every episode, connection is one of my top five values, so I'd love to connect with you. If you hear something in this episode that really resonates with you, as the cool kids say, hit me up in the DMs. And now, on with the episode. In the last episode, we talked about radical self-care, which includes self-compassion, self-acceptance, self-integrity, and self-respect. All of these are necessary in developing the most important relationship you'll ever have, and that's the relationship you have with yourself. As women, but this applies to guys too, so don't go anywhere, we are taught as women that we don't come first, and this has led us to believe that the relationship we have with ourselves isn't as important either. As we enter midlife, it's become a well-ingrained habit of defaulting to the other person, really no matter who they are, partners, parents, friends, bosses, co-workers, even kids. And we don't think twice about putting ourselves last. It's as automatic as putting on your seatbelt to consider everyone else first. Can you see this in your life? So that's what we're talking about today. I'm going to answer these three questions. What keeps us from developing a deep relationship with ourselves? What are the costs of not having this relationship? And what are some ways to develop this relationship with yourself, no matter how old you are? For me, I'm 60 now, and it has only been in the last six years or so that I realized how much I had abandoned myself by continually people-pleasing in some way through almost every relationship in my life. Depending on who the other person was, I morphed myself in one way or another to be what I thought they wanted or needed me to be. I was the queen of people-pleasing because I thought being nice and good was the goal. That was how you fit in and got accepted. That's what I thought. I thought being nice and doing good was why I was liked by so many people. I thought it was why I had so many friends and why the people I worked for sang my praises. I didn't realize that a lot of it had to do with my acquiescing, not rocking the boat, going along with whatever other people wanted. I never made a fuss. I very rarely spoke my mind. And my goal was to keep other people happy. This people-pleasing kept me from seeing that the one person who wasn't happy most of the time was me. And I didn't realize that my behavior was a coping mechanism to avoid feeling the lack within myself, 
lack of respect, compassion, acceptance, and most of all, lack of worthiness. I didn't understand why, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like the woman I saw looking back. How could I not like this person who seemed to be liked by so many other people? Once I realized my people-pleasing was causing me to suffer, my real journey to figure out who I was in my heart, deep inside, began. So what keeps us from developing a deep relationship with ourselves as the most important relationship? Conditioning is probably the main reason. Many of us were taught when we were young that others came first. That we were selfish, self-centered, or conceited if we put ourselves first, whether that showed up in speaking our opinions, taking time for ourselves, or celebrating an accomplishment. We were conditioned to think that it wasn't okay to be proud of ourselves. That was considered bragging. I don't know how many times as a kid I was told to not talk about myself. And women, especially if they've been conditioned to always think of others first, will feel guilty for putting their own needs first. And society's expectations can then keep us stuck in that place. Women are often expected to prioritize the needs and wants of others, their partners, children, bosses, etc., so their own needs are put on the back burner. And maybe you also feel pressure from society to achieve certain goals by a certain age, like having a successful career, a happy marriage, and raising children. If you feel like you've fallen short of these expectations, you might struggle to love and accept yourself unconditionally. This was certainly true for me. I was so ashamed of being divorced, and I blame myself for not being good enough or trying hard enough. And not having children was a huge disappointment for me, and I carried that disappointment for a long time, partially blaming myself. Having a deep-seated belief like this, that you're a disappointment, doesn't leave room for self-acceptance. Fear of change can also keep you from developing a loving relationship with yourself. Putting yourself first, especially if you've lived most of your life doing just the opposite, will require you to make changes in your life, like saying no to certain responsibilities, requests, or relationships. And I get it. Setting boundaries can be super scary when you're not used to it. But I know that it's one of the best ways, if not the best way, that I've learned to stop abandoning myself and accept myself unconditionally. When you have that kind of respect for yourself to start living life by your parameters, your self-esteem and confidence increase tenfold. Being taught that it's selfish to put yourself first can also create a pretty hateful inner critic, an emotional bully that constantly judges and criticizes you, especially when you feel you've done something wrong. This harsh self-talk makes it extremely difficult to feel self-love and acceptance, as that critic is always pointing out faults. And before I go into the costs of not having a strong relationship with yourself, let's take a 60-second break. Don't go away. I'll be right back. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed, exhausted, disappointed, and resentful from putting everyone else's needs ahead of your own. 
I've spent the last decade figuring out how to overcome people-pleasing and put myself first without feeling guilty or selfish through therapy, Codependence Anonymous, self-help books, courses, and lots of blood, sweat, tears, and money. And I created a powerful methodology to live in radical self-trust, confidence, and joy. Inside my Thrivers program, I walk you through this exact methodology. Let me save you the struggle, frustration, time, and money I went through in order to live life by your parameters. I'll accelerate this process for you inside Thrivers. This is a small group program that starts the end of February 2023. The link is in the description to register. Now back to the episode. So what are the costs of not having this loving relationship with yourself? In the book, Calling in the One, Catherine Woodward Thomas says, the issues in our relationships are mirroring back to us our internal issues with ourselves. If we are having difficulty sustaining loving, nurturing, and committed relationships, the place to look is at your relationship with yourself. Ask yourself, in what ways am I failing to love, nurture, and commit to myself? This is so true, right? When you have difficulty respecting, nurturing, or being in integrity with yourself, this spills out into your relationships. The inauthenticity that we develop when we morph ourselves into something for someone else to keep the peace and keep them happy creates relationships that aren't nearly as deep or fulfilling as they could be. It can also cause possible disconnection with people in your life when they realize they haven't been dealing with the real you. This disconnection, which might feel like rejection, may be something you're scared of experiencing when you start speaking your truth, and I totally get that. I've had some close relationships fall away in the last few years when I started being authentic and putting myself first, speaking up and setting boundaries. But I would prefer to know that the people who have stuck by my side through this journey to develop the real me are the ones who love me for who I truly am, not who they want me to be. And don't you think that's worth it? I sure do. When you don't love and accept yourself, it can be difficult to believe in your own worth and abilities, leading to low self-esteem. This feeling of unworthiness will cause us to seek validation from others. And when we don't get it, it's so easy to get disappointed, frustrated, and resentful. And these emotions are so draining and lead to more dissatisfaction with self, and that further diminishes our sense of self-worth, and it just becomes this vicious cycle. Because many of us believed we weren't the priority or had dismissed ourselves so often for others, we struggle to see the value in our own wants and needs. We've put them on the back burner for so long we maybe have just forgotten what they were. And this also causes us to have difficulty setting boundaries. Without a strong sense of self-worth, it can be challenging to set boundaries with others and say no. You can't be disapproving and unaccepting of yourself without causing chronic stress and anxiety. As I've said in a previous episode, stress becomes addictive to our body and brain. 
And more stress equals more of the cortisol hormone, which causes weight gain. I gained about 40 pounds in my second marriage, and it felt safer to me to have that extra physical barrier, even though logically I knew it wasn't healthy to carry around that extra weight. But it led me to be terribly unloving to the woman I saw in the mirror. Again, a really vicious cycle. When you don't have an accepting and compassionate relationship with yourself, it can be challenging to manage your emotions and to respond to life's challenges in a healthy way. You'll have difficulty trusting yourself, your decisions, and your abilities, and you'll lack the understanding of your own strengths, weaknesses, and passions. And when we don't have an amazing relationship with ourselves, it's so easy to seek out things to feel better about ourselves or to just numb out. We have increased susceptibility to addictions and unhealthy coping mechanisms such as alcohol and overeating. And this was definitely the case for me. Food and alcohol were an escape from the pain of life. Altering the inside, how you feel about yourself, will dramatically alter your outside. Your behaviors will change simply because of changing the way you feel and what you believe about yourself. And when your behaviors and beliefs change, the world changes around you accordingly. It's so dramatic. And now here are three ways you can learn more about yourself so that you can heal the parts of you that might currently feel totally unlovable and unacceptable. The first way is to celebrate. Start celebrating all of your accomplishments. I know that we're taught to not brag or be boastful or to talk about ourselves, and that teaches us that it's not right to celebrate ourselves. I shared earlier in this episode that I was taught it wasn't nice to talk about myself. We diminish our accomplishments because we've learned that that gives off the vibe of being better than someone else, and it becomes a habit to not feel good about what we've accomplished. The good news is, is that your subconscious mind is listening. So even though dismissing your accomplishments has become a habit, you can create new habits. Your brain takes note of every time you celebrate. So when you consistently start celebrating big and little things, and side note here, there really is no such thing as a little thing. So when you start celebrating things, you create a new habit that the mind recognizes, and you'll start experiencing more cool things to celebrate. It's so cool. It's the law of attraction and the law of cause and effect. It's just the way the universe works. The next thing is to embrace your gifts, your uniqueness. And by this, I mean embrace what maybe you even feel is a negative thing about you. For me, I'm very sensitive and sentimental. If you listen to other episodes, you know that I've already shared emotions in the episode. I show my emotions, and that used to be so embarrassing to me. And I would try to hide that I was emotional, that I was crying, or that the tears were on the verge of coming. And now I see that side of me as something positive. 
So look at all the things in your life that maybe you have in the past pushed down as wrong or negative and start embracing them as your gifts. By me being vulnerable and emotional, that creates an authenticity in me that allows other people, I hope, to let their guard down and test the waters of being more vulnerable too. The third thing is to check your self-talk. If you heard when you were younger that you were conceited, boastful, or self-centered, if you talked nicely to yourself or about yourself when you were young, then your inner critic is probably pretty strong and loud. It's like you have this roommate in your head constantly criticizing you, but that voice is actually you. You've created the habit of talking to yourself this way, and now it just runs on autopilot. These voices are your old wounds coming up, and retelling them in your head, retelling these wounds, just continues to reinforce the wound. But if you wouldn't say these things to your friend or a child, then stop abusing yourself with this type of talk. If you haven't had support in learning how to deal with your inner critic, find support with someone who's been there and who you trust. I've helped lots of women learn to talk more kindly to themselves with more love and respect than some of them have ever experienced in their life. And I had a client say to me recently, is it okay to feel this way about myself? Yes, it's okay to feel loving and respectful about yourself. Because the thing is, this negative self-talk is not only impacting your relationship with yourself, but it's impacting everyone in your life, whether you know it or not. Yes, your negative self-talk impacts others. Other people in your life are hearing you talk to yourself this way. To recap, Today's episode was about living in unconditional acceptance of yourself on a daily basis. It's not easy to commit to this journey and then stay in integrity with it. I get that. I want to ask you, how will you start showing unconditional love and acceptance to yourself today? I understand, again, that many of us were taught to not be self-centered, not be arrogant, that it's rude to think highly of ourselves. So we place conditions on ourselves as to when we are lovable and when we're not. And that becomes a, I did something right or I did something wrong scenario. And love is not based on that. Love is just love. In A Course in Miracles, the premise of the whole program is to change from a thought system based on fear to a thought system based on love. And in order to do that, we have to take away the right and wrong, the black and white, the good or bad. We're human and we're all of those things. We have a bright side and we have our shadow side. And trying to live perfectly in order to love ourselves is to live a life of misery. And I know this from my own experience. So again, start celebrating yourself, embracing your gifts, and loving on yourself no matter what. Look yourself in the eye every morning and say out loud, I love you, and high-five yourself in the mirror. 
This may be really difficult at first. Look yourself in the eye. Look at all the parts of your body, which is just your meat sack anyway. It's your vehicle to take you through this journey on earth. It's not who you are. So love yourself. Love all the parts of yourself. Love everything about your life. All the fun times and all the yucky times, because the yucky times are the ones that are bringing you your greatest lessons. If this resonates with you and you'd like to dive in deeper, reach out to me. I offer one-on-one coaching, hypno-coaching, and group support where we explore healing areas of ourselves you've maybe been scared to investigate before. And again, when you alter who you are on the inside first, instead of waiting for your circumstances or other people to change, when you change, your outcomes change, your world changes, your relationships deepen, toxic things and people fall away. You feel more respected, loved, and appreciated because you are giving those things to yourself first. I'll close this episode with a quote from Anna Quinlan, if I can get through it. Here we go. I read and walked for miles at night along the beach, searching endlessly for someone wonderful who would step out of the darkness and change my life. It never crossed my mind that that person could be me. If you heard something in this episode that clicked, and know that it might click with someone else too, I'd love for you to share it with them. Connection is one of my top five values, so I'd love to hear from you. DM me on Instagram or join my private Facebook community. Both are Mastering Midlife with Heidi. And thanks for listening. When we grow and expand and help others do the same, the world becomes a better place. And until the next episode, remember, The relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship of all. You are the exact person you've been searching for. So give yourself some love today. Catch you in the next episode. Thank you for spending time with me today. To continue on your journey of mastering midlife, click the link in the description to download my free guide, 20 Ways to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. See you in the next episode.